You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to renewlifechurch.com. We have a, a special, well, he's not really a guest, but he's special in our hearts. Um, today we have Steve-O, or Stephen, whatever you want to call him, whatever he goes by. He's going to preach an incredible message today. Um, I'm so excited that you're here to be able to hear him. Um, Steve-O is such an exhorter. Um, every time that you are in his presence, you are going to leave encouraged and filled and knowing that you can just accomplish anything. So I'm really excited about the message that he's going to bring. He actually has way better hair than any of us on staff. So if you would do me the great favor and let's welcome Steve-O. Oh, she's not wrong about the hair, I will say. Oh, man, it is, I'm so honestly just, uh, I'm honored to, to do this. And today, we're going we're gonna to spend some time talking about hope. Uh, this, is, this has been a resounding theme in my own life for the past, golly, probably two years or so. Uh, this, this theme of hope and what it looks like, and how do I march it out, and how do I receive it, and how do I profess it, and this theme of hope, and to be honest with you, even standing here today on this stage uh, to communicate and to preach to you guys is, um, it's surreal, if if I can be real honest with you, because there is a time in my life not so long ago that I thought this ship had sailed. I thought that there was... uh, I thought it was gone. I, di- I didn't know that there would be another opportunity like this, right, to share uh, with the people that I love and the place that I love. Um, and so it's, it's quite surreal. And so even being here is a bit of a token of hope and what hope can do and what the Lord Jesus Christ can do in your life and through your life. And so I, I want just to ask you just to, just to lean in with me a little bit this morning for the next few moments that we have together as we talk about hope, as we engage in hope. And the title of my message today is actually Moving to Hope. I believe that the Lord wants to do something this morning in the lives of his people and reestablish hope. I believe that there's been people who came in this room today who maybe feel hopeless in some regard, some, some way, shape, form, or fashion. Um, I won't pretend to understand everybody's season in this room But the truth is, if you take a hard evaluation of self this morning, you might find that there's some pieces inside of you that actually feel quite hopeless. Maybe it's relationally, maybe it's financially, spiritually, physically, whatever it is, wherever you find yourself. And I believe that the Lord wants to move us into a place of hope this morning. And it's so so like God to um, establish a theme for a a Sunday morning. Um, It's it's so, so, so cool because we all have these private camps that that we run in, right? We we all spend time with the Lord um, by ourselves day in and day out, uh, week in and week out. And then we show up on a Sunday morning and we gather about 30 minutes before we kick service off and we just start to process. We just start, we start to dialogue. Sometimes there's correspondence during the week, throughout the week about, hey, what are you gonna teach on? What are you feeling? What are you, what are, what are you thinking? Or like, hey, what's the set list? What are you guys gonna do? Uh, but it, it it seems to never fail that we show up 30 minutes before service and it's like, yeah, me too. 
right? Like I, I say, yeah, I'm gonna teach on hope. Emily asked me this past Friday. She said, hey, what are your scriptures? Where are you gonna go? And I said, I'm talking about hope. That's about all I got so far. <laughs> uh, but, but I know we're processing and we're gonna talk about hope. And then she said, that's perfect. And then she shares what she shares about revival uh, and, and, and God doing it through you. And it's this hopeful sentiment. Then all the worship songs are all about hope and let, let hope arise. God's already won. And so I, I say all that to say this. You are here for such a time as this. You were in the room for such a time as this. And so when I ask you to lean in with me this morning, what I'm asking you to do is to believe that the Lord might actually want to be communicating something to you this morning. Yeah, can we do that? All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to be together as a family, a family of believers, uh, as your bride, the bride of Christ, well, what an honor to sit amongst people that are moving in the same direction, with the same motive and the same purpose. And so Lord, you always breathe on unity. You always bless our unity. And those who are engaged and those who are active in their faith and those who choose to say, yes, Lord, choose me, speak to me for those that make that commitment and they consent to what it is that you're gonna do in this place, you always come through and you always do incredible things. And so Lord, right now, I just ask, here in the stillness and the silence before we dive in, Lord, would you meet us here? You've come in, in, in powerful ways through worship and then this prophetic word in ministry time. And Father, we're so grateful that you've come here and we have worshiped you and we have poured out our hearts to you and so, Lord, would you meet us here this morning, and would you speak in such a way that only you can do? And, Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm so, I really am so excited to be here. It's, it, it's, it's, this is something that's really near and dear to my heart, this, this message of hope. Uh, coming from a place in my life where there once was none not so long ago, uh, literally thought I was going to lose my marriage, thought I was going to lose my kids, certainly thought I had lost any ministry opportunity I might ever have, thought potentially I, I, my life was falling apart. And then now to be here just a short couple years later, it's honestly astounding what the Lord will do. It is astounding what the Lord will do. And so I'm believing that today could be an on-ramp for that for many of you guys. Steve Backlin, um, how many of you are familiar with Steve Backlin? Uh, quick show of hands. Okay, perfectly fine. Steve Backlin is a part of the staff in some capacity at Bethel Church in Redding, California. And um, he, in my opinion, is like, he is the authority of this message of hope for our generation, right? For today's church, he is the authority in it. And he defines hope as this. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present. And I have the power to help make it so. Let me say that one more time. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present and I have the power to help make it so. He goes on to say, uh, there is no hopeless circumstances. There's only hopeless people. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's only hopeless people. But we serve a God of hope. We serve a God of resurrection. We serve a God of promise and he fulfills and he delivers on every promise that he has ever made. And so this morning, that's what we're gonna focus on. Hope is the belief 
that the future will be better than the present, and I have the power to help make it so. Romans chapter 8, verse 26, uh, it says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And then listen to this, verse 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and listen to this line, and he chose them to become like his son so that his son will be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. He makes all things work together for the good. Say, just say good. Doesn't the word good taste good? Come on, say good one more time. It's all good. That's the Lord's promise is that he makes all things work together for the good of those who love him. But then there's this passage right after in verse 29 that says he chose them to become. You see, there's this marriage between these two words, promise and process. We have a promise set before us that he makes all things work together for the good of those who love him. And then in the next verse, he says he chose us to become. You see, we're all living right now in some way, shape, form, or fashion in the becoming season. We are becoming wholehearted. We are becoming sons and daughters. We are becoming businessmen and businesswomen. We are becoming husbands. We are becoming, it's the process that we're in. And there's this healthy marriage between these two words, promise, and the process, the process is becoming. You see, becoming looks like a lot of things. Becoming looks like a lot of things. It looks like trial and error. It looks like receiving a prophetic word, maybe here, somewhere else, and then taking a step of faith, and then three months down the road, you're sitting there scratching your head wondering, was that one right? Or <laughs> The process of becoming looks like you have moments and encounters with the Lord in prayer where you make declarations, Lord, I'm gonna be a better father. I'm gonna be a better dad and I'm never gonna do that thing again because my family deserves more. And then two days later, you're losing your junk on your kids again. <laughs> the, the, the pro, there's, there's this process called becoming that we are in. But he makes all things work for the good of those who love him. Becoming looks like a lot of things and it will take on different shapes in each and every one of our lives, but the promise does not change based on your process. Let me say that again. Your promise does not change, will never change based on your process. You see, the Lord loves to walk with us. I, I firmly believe this. I firmly believe that the Lord loves to walk with us in processes. Um, I grew up in a uh, Pentecostal church, spirit-filled like them, 
fire-breathing dragon type services. You know what I'm talking about? Like Jericho marches and like the whole, that's, that's how I grew up. And like, I've got, who else? You two? They're screaming. So I know that they, yeah, you too. So I, and I've got a, like a deep, deep endearment in my heart towards those type of services because much, much of the person that I am has been shaped by moments like that, right? I've got a deep endearment in my heart for that. And the last thing I want to do is shame that. But I've also prayed a ton of prayers in services like that where you come down to the altar and there's like snot bubbles and tears and it's like, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. It's in, and then like you, you leave and you find yourself feeling like you're still in the same funk, maybe two days later, maybe two weeks later. And I remember praying this prayer as, as, a, as a kid. I was probably 13, 14 years old. And I remember praying this prayer, Lord, I'm so tired of this like, this roller coaster of my spirituality. I pour myself out to you over and over again. I give, this, I give this problem to you over and over again, yet somehow I find myself back in a funk two weeks later, two months later, two hours later, just depending. But I believe that the Lord is actually more committed to a process than sometimes we give him credit for. Because what the enemy will wanna do is after you have these moments, perhaps today will be one, Matter of fact, I hope it is. You have these moments where the Lord does something in your life. He breaks things off. He does something incredible. And you walk away thinking to yourself like, I can, like, I can, I can do this. Like I've got hope for the first time in forever. I can, I can do this. I can do all things because Christ gives me strength and I'm full of hope. And you leave here. And then what happens the first time you slip up again? The enemy tries to sneak in and he says, yeah, okay, I'll give you that one. You, you, you did good for about two days, but now you're on my clock again. He tries to sneak in with this voice that says, yeah, you weren't really changed. Yeah, you really don't have hope. It felt good for a second because you were in a room of people who were united moving in the same direction. But guess what? They probably all feel the same way as you do. And guess what? You're probably worse off than they were anyway. And the worst part is we believe it. We, we, we tend to believe that. We make alignments and we make agreements with the enemy and we think, okay, you're, I am nobody. I just, here I keep falling. All the while, the Lord is sitting here, still holding your hand. And what he's saying is like, no, son, no, daughter. You're actually just in a process. And the process is called becoming. You are becoming something. You are becoming someone. And it's these trials. It's these tribulations. It's overcoming the voice of the enemy that, that spits lies and shame in your life. This is what becoming looks like. I, I just, I hate the devil. He's the worst. <laughs> I hate that voice that he tries to sneak in with. And so this morning, my commission for you first is stop believing the voice of the enemy. We've spent a lot of time in, in our brave course, this, this men's discipleship program that, that many men in this room have consented to. We've spent a lot of time identifying voices that are fighting for attention in our heads. You see, much of the battle is won when you just have the willingness to press pause. Okay, I've got a thought. Press pause. Zoom the lens out and think to yourself, is this the voice of a loving father? Is this the voice of the accuser, of the brethren, a.k.a. the enemy? Or is this my own voice? 
Much of the victory could come through just simply resting for a moment, but our pace of life, the busyness of our season, the hustle, the grind culture, the, the 80 hour, the, this, the, that, like it's, it's constant, it's constant, it's perpetual. And honestly, perhaps uh, more intensely in West Texas oil and gas than in any other culture on, on a national level, maybe. How hard you work, how fast you move, how much you produce, those are celebratory things. But the truth is, when our culture is propelling us to move, go fast, blow, we, we wind up blowing past and we don't recognize the voice of the enemy when it's knocking on our door. So what happens? It takes hold in our hearts and it becomes our truth. And today, I say no more. It's time to realize who you have been called to be. And sometimes all it takes is just stopping for just a second and saying, okay, Lord, what is this voice? Is it endearing me to the cross? Is it reminding me of your promise? Or is it casting shame and judgment on me because I fell yet again? So slow down, take a breath, take a breath. I love this term, zoom the lens out. This is something that my wife and I say all the time. Um, even as recent as yesterday, we're standing in the kitchen and having a conversation about, I feel like we're treading water in this area. We're not gaining any ground. And then all of a sudden it's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We've got each other to say, hey, zoom the lens out. Like, look, look at this victory. Look at the, look at the ground we've gained. Look, look at the, the successes we've had in these areas. So much victory comes from zooming the lens out, gathering appropriate perspective, and just get out of the hustle. Get out of the grind. You are in a process of becoming. Um, becoming looks like trial and error, risk and reward. It's beyond, the process of becoming something is actually quite messy. It's quite messy. I had this vision while I was preparing for, preparing for this message a couple days ago that I'd like to share with you. As I was processing hope and processing uh, what it looks like and what it's looked like for me to become who I am. And I'm still on a journey consented to becoming. It's not like I'm removed from the woods here. Ain't none of us are. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the Lord gave me this vision of this, this, uh, this quaint house. It was actually a, a really beautiful house, probably somewhere in the range of like 900, 1,000 square feet. And it's this like beautiful home. And it had some like wear and tear on the shutters, but it was like this, it was this like quaint kind of endearing wear and tear. Like this house was not dilapidated. It was, it was a beautiful house. Um, but then as the lens zoomed out, what I saw was this. I saw, I saw that there was caution tape all around this house all around this quaint little house, and there was, a, there was a bulldozer, excavator, wrecking ball, all sitting right next to this house. And further, as the lens zoomed out, what I saw is there was this development, this development all around this property, beautiful mansions, beautiful high rises, like these stunning like things that make your jaw drop, things you see in movies that are just like, whoa, absolutely stunning. And as this vision progressed, uh, what I saw is there was this family of five that began to walk down the front steps of this quaint little house, being escorted by someone, leads them to the caution tape, lifts it up for them, and they walk under the, ca the caution tape, and then they walk directly into this beautiful, beautiful mansion. Beautiful mansion. Possibly the most stunning 
of all the developments in the area. Beautiful, beautiful mansion. And what I heard the Lord say is you've made yourself comfortable here. I've blessed and allowed it because of my love for you. But now it's time to move on. I've got more in store for you. So I want you to receive that this morning. I've allowed it because I love you. Or maybe you couldn't take the cost of what a transition in your life might look like. Maybe you didn't have the knowledge of what you needed to do in order to move into a place of hope. But the Lord is saying, okay, son. Okay, daughter. Even hear those specific words. Okay, son. Okay, daughter. I love you, and I've got more in store for you. And it's time. We just say it's time. It's time, it is time to move into what God has called you to do. It's time to stop doubting yourself. It's time to stop believing the lies that were spoke over you by your father or by your mother that has been this cattle prod propelling you into every decision that you've ever made. Well, I'll show them. I'm gonna be a better man than he ever was. They said I would never amount to anything. Watch, watch what I'll do. You see, shame is this cattle prod that tries to push us into victory, that tries to push us into success. It's time to stop believing that. It's time to stop wrestling. It's time to stop striving. It's time to stop believing the lies that the enemy would have you believe that you really aren't set free, that hope isn't actually a part of your destiny. Why? Because scripture says, let's go back to the promise for just a second, back to the promise. The promise, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. It is time to start moving into hope because that's what he promises. That's the promise. And one of the things that I love most about this vision is that it wasn't some 500 mile trek to a better development. They literally crossed under the caution tape and they walked right in. They walked right into this new mansion. Uh, a mentor figure of mine, he, he wrote a book called Becoming a King. His name is Morgan Snyder. Um, he says it this way, wholeness is as close as the next breath. Just sit on that for just a second. Wholeness is as close as the next breath. Many of you in the room this morning are even having the thoughts already like, okay, the, golly, I'd love to. I, I get the picture, I understand, but where do I, where do I even begin? My life is in such a mess. I'm, I hate my job, I'm terrible at home. I don't even like myself. What, whatever your situation is, there's, there's more than likely people in this room that are thinking to yourself, like, where do I even begin? And it's so endearing to know that wholeness is as close as the next breath. They crossed under the tape and they, they walked right in. This doesn't eliminate the need for a process. This doesn't eliminate the fact that you are in fact in a process of becoming, but it starts with a decision. There was a moment in my own life some time ago where um, Michaela called me 
And she said, hey, I got a phone call from someone asking if I was home. I didn't recognize the number, and they said that they had something they need to deliver to me. And I was like, okay. How bizarre. That's weird. Um, anyway, next, next thing you know, she calls me, and she says, like, I just... I was going through the drive-thru at Dickie's on, on Wadley, right there in the parking lot of Academy. And she calls me and she says, we just got served <laughs> some papers for a lawsuit. And um, I remember being like, with like briefcases and suits and like courtrooms and stuff type lawsuit. Like, what are we talking about? Because that's, I mean, honestly, like it's so foreign to me. That's the, I had never been in a situation like this. And she said, yeah, well, we had some debt that had racked up to just an astronomical amount. And um, the creditors just got tired of dealing. And so they just filed suit for the whole lump sum of money. And my heart is literally racing even now. <clears throat> Have you ever been in a situation where you were literally so deprived of hope, you just didn't, you didn't know what to do. So on this phone call, I try to encourage my wife and I probably failed, I don't know, probably, but I tried. I'm like, we're gonna be fine, but the righteousness of Jesus, blah, 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 whatever. I wasn't feeling none of that stuff. So I hang up the phone, I pull out the drive-through of Dickies and I stop in the parking lot of Academy and I just begin to just weep uncontrollably. I'm like, God, I don't know what we're gonna do. Like there's not, there's not even close to this amount of money in our bank account. Like, please help me, please. Like it's one thing to ask and it's one thing to pray in seasons where if he doesn't come through, you're gonna be okay. Like it'll be tough, but you're gonna figure it out. It's a it's a whole nother thing when you're praying from a prayer of, Lord, I don't wanna go to jail. I don't, I don't wanna, I, I don't have an answer. I don't, I'm, yeah, a bunch of words. I'm out. And uh, I'll never forget the Lord just, just reminding me, um, there's a song, maybe you know it, if you have daughters, you for sure know it. But from Frozen 2, <laughs> I know, it's bad. We, t we talked about this just the other day with some guys. But uh, I was reminded of the song from Frozen 2 where Princess Anna, here we go, guys, okay? I got two young, young daughters. But I was reminded of the song from Frozen 2 to establish a little bit of context, um, Elsa, right? So Queen Elsa, she's been given dominion over the kingdom. Just go watch the movie, okay? This, she, all right. She's been given dominion over the kingdom and she decides to go seek out her truth and figure out some stuff about her story. Well, she gets in a bind, right? And she's gone, she's, she's out, she's out of there. Well, her free-spirited, fun-loving, creative, little angel baby soul little sister, Anna is not qualified, right, to leave the kingdom, but all of, a sudden she, all of a sudden she finds herself in this situation where she has to take on the mantle, take on the authority, and step into her sister's shoes. She has to lead the way, has to lead the way. There's no other option. So as she's sitting there, 
crying. It's, I'd look, yeah, a lot like me in the Academy parking lot, except animated on a television. <laughs> she's sitting there, and she's, she's crying through this song, and the song, the words are, just do the next right thing. Do the next right thing. I'll just, I'll do the next right thing. And so that was my encouragement from the Lord is just do the next right thing. I don't know what to do. And he said, son, hey, the promise hasn't changed, okay? Right? You are in a process of becoming. So just do the next right thing. What's that do the next right thing for you? For us in that season, it was buckling down, figuring some stuff out, selling some crap, figure like, what do we need to do, right? We did the next right thing. And guess what? The next hour, we did the next, next right thing. And then the next, next, next right thing. And it just accrued. And honestly, it, it was miraculous. But, I mean, we were able to resolve all of it, got out of the lawsuit, paid it all. Like, it was six months later, and all of a sudden, we're looking at our life going, like, that, how did you do that, Lord? <laughs> So many times it takes us walking through the season of becoming, focused on the process, focused on the promise, and then we get to turn around and look back and say, oh, okay, I see it now. Yeah, and I'm living in the fruit now of the promise because I consented to this process. So do the next right thing. You see, moving to hope looks like a decision. It's not, it, it doesn't end with, I have hope now. <laughs> Bless God. Right? It's, it does, in fact, start there. It starts there. But it's a continual reminding yourself, I have hope. I have hope in the promise. I'm not yet there. But I consent to this process and doing the next right thing and trusting you with my next breath and trusting you with my next step. Hope must be built. Listen to this. Hope must be built on the foundation of the here and the now. Where you are is your non-negotiable starting point. You don't get to wish yourself into a starting point three years from now. Where you are today is your non-negotiable starting point. But there's beauty in the process. And it's okay to be where you are because the Lord is still in fact with you. And your process does not ever change the promise. Hope must be built on the foundation of the here and now. If you build your hope outside of the here and now, it's no more than wishful thinking. It starts here and now. Hope allows me to exist where I am, yet have a confidence in where I'm going and who I'm becoming. Well, I made it like 50% of the way before the time ran out. I think that's good, though. I just want to go back to the promise one more time. Verse 28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I just want to tell you this, Paul, everything that I wrote down, every scripture that I had planned to read and I did read came, came from one person. It came from the Apostle Paul. 
and in every letter that he wrote to a church or to his brothers or to his allies in any capacity, he, he started with this endearing motivation. Brothers in Christ, allies, oh, I love you. You're doing it, you're going for it, you're making strides, you're, you're doing better than you think, right? So what Paul is doing is he's looking at his allies' situations from an objective third party, helping them gather language for, you're gonna make it. As I write this letter from prison, he wrote a letter in Philippians from prison and he writes it to the church in Philippi and he's like, man, I'm in prison, but oh my goodness, I love you and you're, you're gonna make it and it's gonna be okay. Just zoom the lens out. He's giving language for their season. So if I could do anything for you this morning, I just wanna give you language. I just wanna give you the language and the understanding. Zoom the lens out. Understand you're in a process but it is unto the promise. Lay hold of that promise. I'm gonna read one more thing to you guys as we get ready to close. And I'm gonna ask you just to close your eyes all across this room. This is where it all culminates. And so I just wanna make sure you've got an opportunity just to really engage in this moment. Romans chapter 15 in verse 13, yet again, it's Paul writing. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and the peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope really starts with one thing, and it starts with trust starts with trust. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.